I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. You know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Houdat, and welcome back to the Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as always, Brendan Ertle. Today is a very important week for Saints football and just the Saints in general. Uh, they have the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. I think every single game in the NFL is important. I think this game is pivotal for where this team, where the direction of this team is going to go. Um, even if they don't make the playoffs, I think they got to string together some wins. They got to figure some things out. And if they can get, you know, six, seven wins, I think you're confident going into next year with some of the core guys you have. But this is a game, the two and six Pittsburgh Steelers, who have struggled in almost every aspect of football this year. You need to find a win this week. Uh, every game in the NFL is a must win. I get that. This is a team that struggled to find really anything offensively they have an injured defense, uh, low-scoring games every week. It feels like last week they get, uh, or two weeks ago they get rolled by the Eagles. Uh, they lose a heartbreaker to the Dolphins. They beat the Bucks, which was a very questionable game, but um, a win's a win for them. And the Bucks, you know, we know we know how they look. The Bills steamrolled them. Uh, they beat the Bengals in OT in a thriller to start off the year. Uh, this is a team that, I mean, Mike Tomlin's a great coach, don't get me wrong, and there's this is a team that usually makes playoffs, usually has a good record. This isn't a good team. They don't have very good players, and the players they do have are hurt. Um, our injury report isn't much better, but theirs has been consistently, I'd say, on par with ours. Um, starting off, they just placed their kicker, Chris Boswell, in IR. A lot of people are familiar with him. Um, he will not be kicking this week. They trade for William Jackson. Uh, he's been on the injury report. He's a back injury. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, Akil Willis Witherspoon, who's been a solid little player in this league, hamstring did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. Levi Wallace, one of their corners, he practiced. 
Um, he didn't previously. Miles Jack, their linebacker, with a knee, didn't practice uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, who some people are familiar with, but the Bengals, he didn't practice Wednesday, returned to practice on Thursday. So, looking like he will probably play. But looking at our injury report, it's as frustrating as it always will be. Um, starting off at the top, Marcus Davenport, the usual. He was limited Wednesday and Thursday. Mark Ingram, of course, he'll miss the three to four weeks. And we're going to talk about this in a second. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Jarvis Landry was limited. We're going to talk about him in just a second. Marshawn Lattimore didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday. Eric McCoy got injured in the Baltimore game. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Andrews Pete tricep also got hurt in the Ravens game. He did not practice Wednesday, Thursday. Ryan Ramchek rest slash knee was limited each of those days. Pete Warner didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday. Marcus May was added to the injury report. He has an abdominal issue, and Cameron Jordan had a rest day. So that's about our roster right there. And what is frustrating that we will talk about now, Mark Ingram, Jarvis Landry, Marshawn Lattimore, all guys who miss time, will continue to miss time, and have missed four-plus weeks. Will probably miss four-plus weeks, uh, that being Mark Ingram as well. They added this thing in the NFL a while back. It's this thing where if you know a player's going to be out for a significant amount of time, they added this rule where you can put them on injured reserve, and you can put them there, stash them, and you can add someone else to your roster. I don't think Dennis Allen or Mickey Loomis know how to use that this year. I think they just forgot because Mark Ingram is expected to miss three to four weeks. Um, You can bring him back in four weeks on IR. You can get a roster spot. You don't have to keep elevating Jordan Howard if you just put Mark Ingram on IR and sign Jordan Howard to your roster. You're going to run out of... You only have a certain amount of times where you can elevate a player to the active roster from the practice squad. They've hit that point with Kevin White, so they signed him to the active roster once they put Michael Thomas in IR. So it kind of just keeps them safe and makes sure, like a Latavius Murray situation where they don't get poached. This is a situation where if you put Jarvis Landry on IR a few weeks ago, you could have activated him by now. You have a 21-day window like they did with P.J. Williams. That was a very smart move. And you could have maybe put a guy like Latavius Murray on your roster earlier. So... A little frustrated how it's being managed. And uh, hopefully we're at the end of these injuries with Marshawn and, and Jarvis Landry. We haven't seen Jarvis Landry since week three. Really haven't seen him play well since week one. Um, it's been kind of a disappointing signing so far, which sucks because I had such high expectations for him and the player. And I still do. I still think he can be great. Um, I still think even next year he adds value to your team if you have him at the right price. But... Now you're looking at Pete Warner, who had an injury that seems pretty serious. I don't know necessarily if it's season-ending or not, but it's another situation where are you going to put him on IR or just tell us every week that there's no change in timeline or give us any kind of information? Because if that that makes us speculate at that point. Is the injury... Do they not know when, when he's going to get better? Are they just being... Um, hopeful that he can return quicker than the four weeks. 
I mean, all very impossible things and happens all the time. But they've done that with most of their injuries this year. I mean, Marshawn, Marshawn's injury looks pretty serious, and it sounds pretty serious with his kidney. And that seems like a situation where you would know from day one that, okay, he's going to miss X amount of weeks, at least put him on IR for four weeks, see where he's at after that fourth week. But no, they just kept him on the roster, uh, let him chill out, and he just we had to put him on the we had to put him on the injury report because he's not on IR. He's just injured, so that's a roster spot that could be taken. Um, some positive news: um, Trevor Penning returned to practice. He didn't practice, but he was spotted at practice, which has been the first time he's been at practice since what training camp? Since he got hurt in the preseason, so that's a good sign. Hopefully, we can get him back. You know, in the ne- in the coming weeks, maybe can play some kind of role, like a swing tackle role or an extra lineman, or even come in for James Hurst um, here and there. I don't know, but it's good to have him back on the field uh, and slowly work him back into playing shape. But as I'm talking right now, the Saints just signed Derek Kelly, who has played tackle for us uh, previously, to the active roster, along with linebacker Kenny Young to the active roster which is an aggressive move they usually do, you know, practice squad thing with them and and, uh, elevate them. That kind of tells me that Pete Warner, his injury is pretty serious. And uh, I don't know what the roster sits at currently in terms of numbers because it's always sort of tell um, who's out there, who's not. But adding Kenny Young is interesting. Been with the Rams, been with the Raiders, uh, has started in this league, has sought experience. Uh, that, that is an interesting move, and that's a telling move. I thought Caden Ellis came in, played pretty well for him. Uh, it's a significant, significant loss. I think he's been one of your best defensive players, been one of your most consistent. Uh, had a, a little bit of an off week last week, but it's a tough matchup with Lamar. Um, brutal. Brutal. I'd say, I was having this conversation on the radio, Alave... Chris Olave and Pete Warner have been probably your two best players this year. Losing one of those would be brutal, especially in a week where you enter another, you got to win this game or someone's going to lose their job. So talking more about this game and the Pittsburgh Steelers in general, the stat that comes to mind, and I know not, not many Saints fans and fans in general have paid attention too much with the Steelers on the other conference uh, not playing great football, but they're in, they're in a unique situation. Their star running back, Najee Harris, hasn't played great. Yeah, he's been kind of outplayed at times. This was also a team who traded their star receiver, Chase Claypool, for a second, sending him to the Bears. They do have solid guys in George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Haven't been probably as productive as they wanted because of the rookie quarterback, the limitations that that brings. But the interesting stat here is touchdowns. The Saints only have 24 in the season, probably should have more. Uh, the Steelers, you're looking at stats of longest touchdowns of the NFL season. And the longest touchdown was the Buffalo Bills, of course. Josh Allen to Gabe Davis, 98-yard touchdown against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Saints... Uh, not really in the middle of the pack, kind of in the higher end. They have a 60-yard touchdown. Um, they also have a couple other big explosive plays that resulted in touchdowns. Thank you, Rashad Rashid. Um, 
but they have big plays. The Steelers are, it's not even close. They're the lowest in the NFL. Their longest touchdown of the entire season is eight yards. Eight yards. Now think about that. Yeah, you're in the red zone. You get goal to go. You score a touchdown. You're going to get in that 10 to 20 to eight yard range. But there will be times when you have shot plays, plays outside the red zone, broken plays that break free where you score. And majority of those teams find touchdowns of 20 to 30 yards. You break out a run here and there. Um, receiver breaks loose on a screen, something like that where you break free. And majority of the league had anywhere from a 40 to to 70-yard touchdown. And then there's the Steelers with eight. That kind of sums up what they've been. Checkdowns, fly sweeps. And it sounds like a joke, but if you aren't familiar with the Pittsburgh Steelers, just go back to the LSU team with Miles Brennan, Jonathan Giles, and their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. That team was boring to watch. They were hard to watch. And there was lots and lots of fly sweeps and end arounds that just didn't ever work. Well, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator of the LSU team, is the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you'd think his philosophy would change in a little bit here and there. No, you're going to see 5 to 10 fly sweeps or end arounds or some kind of directional thing that won't go anywhere. I don't know why he does it. Some coaches have their philosophies where they try and open up the field, try and open up the front seven, expand the line of scrimmage. It just doesn't work. It never has. He doesn't have the right players to do it with. Uh, expect to see that a lot. But it's been a frustration frustration of that team that they don't have any kind of big plays. They don't have any kind of consistency. And they have felt like, from everyone that I've spoke to with the Steelers, Uh, that being like analyst-wise and fan-wise, that they're frustrated with how limited their offense is, especially with a rookie quarterback. Najee Harris has been lackluster at best. Jalen Warren, their backup running back, has been uh, someone that's outplayed Najee at times. And I say all this to say, this cannot be another game where you save a team's season. We've had too many games like that. I'd, I'd say the Vikings game was the first game where uh, they were kind of in a make-or-break situation. Uh, are they going to be really good? Are they going to be in this mid-air category? Uh, they beat us. They go on to be super successful. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, um, their season was tanking. It was going the wrong way. Uh, they beat us. So many games, so many situations where we saved a team season, you could say. And there's been a ton of situations Um but this can't be one of them. It can't be. And if it is, there's going to be need to be there's going to need to be a change. And I'd start with the coach. This cannot be a game where you lose, look bad. You can't go to the post game press conference and say, eh, "Just another bad day at the office," because we've had a lot of those. And I've heard that term used too many times. It's a bad excuse. You can't just have bad days at the office. Where I'm from, you have a bad day at the office, you're not going to have any more di- days at the office. You know what I mean? So, at what point does it become, okay, we're not just having bad days at the office, we have bad employees. Because they need to be prepared, they need to be ready, and a team like this, we didn't look it into the season, this this is a game you circle and be like, just take care of that game. 
That should be a W for sure. That's something that we all highlighted in green. That That's a win. Because the situation that they're in, kind of in a transitional stage. Got good players, not playing. Uh, TJ Watt will be back, of course. Um, hasn't played since week one. Just makes sense that he'll return against the Saints. It's exhausting. But it is what it is. Um, he'll probably hit whatever quarterback that we have. Uh, the, the offensive line protection has been iffy. And especially if you're down Eric McCoy and Andrews Pete, you're staring at uh, some Cam Hayward and TJ Watt sacks right in the face. So this game is so important for the defense to take advantage. Take advantage of this young rookie quarterback. Put some pressure on him. Put some disguises on him. Get a turnover. We haven't seen one of those in a long time. A turnover. Like this defense is good. They have good players. They haven't played good. They haven't. Tyron Matthew has two interceptions on the year, and that's it. CJ Garner Johnson has five interceptions. The Eagles have like 18 turnovers. I can't even tell you how many we have. And if we do have more than a handful, they're they're not forced errors by us. It's it's breakdowns by the other team. So that needs to change this week. They need to get the ball. They need to give their offense a chance. And if their offense can't have success, there needs to be a change at quarterback. There needs to be. I don't care if it's Jameis. I don't care if it's Taysom. I don't care if Kamara plays quarterback. Something needs to change because we can't keep going every single week trusting Andy to do it. And if he doesn't do it, just it's a bad day at the office. You need to give other players chances, like we've seen. And I think Jameis deserves another shot. The shot he was given, he, he's got a broken back. He's got a messed up foot. He's got a dismantled offensive line who can't communicate. That's since gotten a little bit better. The run game has gotten a little bit better. I think even if you win this game and he doesn't play well, I think Jameis deserves another shot at some point. I don't know what point that is, but you got to give him another shot. Andy's been solid at times. He's been a calming influence. But at what point is it like, okay, we just need a we just need a baller. We just need Taysom Hill to go out there, get seven yards of pop, and keep doing that. Like, you need to make plays on offense. You can't keep getting by like this. And if this game came right after the Raiders game, I'd have utmost confidence that they'd dominate this game. Because that game against the Raiders was perfect. Everything worked out. Everything looked good. Offense looked good. Defense looked good. Special teams looked good. And then we have this flop against the Ravens. Yeah, they're talented. But they were injured. That's a team that you should have been able to compete with. You got good players too. Um... AFC North division is always tough. So this needs to be a bounce back week. You need to win this game. You got to go to four and six. You got to find something. Just show me something. Four and six is so much better than three and seven. And it's it's kind of funny because if we had our first round pick, I think a lot of people would be like, let's keep losing. I mean, the season's, it's chalked. We're not going to make the playoffs. We don't have a quarterback. The coach is struggling. The players that are, are playing are struggling. Let's just tank. Let's go get a quarterback in the draft. Let's get a young player. But we don't have our first round pick. We can't tank. So it's this, like, this urgency to, we need to figure it out this week and just keep winning. Like, just figure it out. It doesn't matter. 
And I don't know if they ever will. I don't know if it's going to look great moving forward or not. But this is a week moving forward. You need to continue to have success. Um, like we've talked about, they have the Steelers this week. Um, after that, it doesn't get much easier. You have the Rams, which is a game that you should be able to compete in. The Rams are 3-5. and five. They've been uh, miserable as well. Then you have the 49ers. Tough game. Tough game. Um, they're 4-4. Four and four. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFC right now. Uh, then you have some division games that will pretty much tell your season. You get the Bucks, Falcons, and then you'll get the Browns with Deshaun Watson. And then we got to play the Eagles, which is again is it's going to be a game that is going to be very interesting. We'll talk about that when that when that comes. And then you end the season with the Carolina Panthers, which may or may not be the last game of the year. So this is a game you got to win. If you're going to win five to six games, this has got to be one of them. Period. End of story. The Saints are favored by one and a half points. Are you taking that spread? Do you think the Saints win this game? I think they have to. That's all I got for today. Hopefully, our post-game pod will be happy, will be exciting, and we can talk about a win, uh, our fourth one of the season. As usual, thank you guys for love and support, and I'll see you guys next episode. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know?